0: I wanted to pause to see if you would start the episode. I almost
1: did, and I was like, "Oh no, maybe I'm doing it wrong." I came so close. I know.
0: Maybe next time it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen next time. I was like, I feel like I always say the hello, hello, but maybe I should meet Christina. it throw everyone off.
1: I I almost I I was so close. I was like, oh, you know, I could even feel. it. I was like, oh, Adam's pausing for me. I'm gonna, and then I panicked. Like, what if they're not? I <laughs> will
0: no, no, no. never know. <laughs> no, I was.
1: Then I thought maybe it's because there were cars outside making startup noises, and I was like, oh no, we're waiting for
0: that. I guess. Yeah. Anywho. Hi. Hey, welcome to the York Mystery Machine. Tammy
1: Hall, but for ghosts.
0: I'm really. I I was trying to put. I'm trying to put a lot of onus on you today. I'm like, just do all the things. All right.
1: Uh, We're we're back.
0: We had a great week last week. Uh, We talked about Helen Jewett. It's so
1: weird. (laughs) It feels so unnatural. Talk about Helen Jewett and um, uh, her murder, and uh, it's uh, it's really great to be back here. I'm also trying to do Adam's hand gestures.
0: Do I sound that like out of sorts when I enter the show? (laughs) Or is it just you, out? It's Probably just me. <laughs> I sometimes I really wow, I do, I do, I do lead a lot of the uh, the intro, of this.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, we're just grateful that you're all here this week, um, that you're back, um, and this is where it's going to get really dicey because I never actually learned the, the the URL link for this. And you know, if you really want to hear more of what we do, you can find us at patreon.com
0: That's not where they find that that
1: slash. Uh, that's not
0: where they learn more well, about the show that's Medicaid where they give now. us money
1: well, right but I mean if you want to learn more in general about things of new york that are mysterious or or murderous you can go to there
0: <laughs> so you go to our patreon which is patreon.com slash
1: N- NY mystery machine there it is I did it guys this is so stressful for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good to know that if, if i ever like fall really ill you won't be able to ha- ho- ho- I, <laughs> you can't do this.
1: I would have more. Moments to prepare myself and to look up things.
0: Like if I felt ill, I needed to like throw a guest host in to fill oh, in. For I could do
1: that. I would have. I would have more notice than you looking at me expectantly. <laughs> Be like, "Gonna you you gonna say something?" Like, yes.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And the, if you want to learn more about the show, you head on over to our socials
1: at N- N-Y-, NY Mysteries on the Twitter. That's true. And at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram. That's true. Look, I learned. I've been and paying Facebook attention. Be on it, and no, Facebook, no, no, no one, one, one on A couple of people comment on Facebook they sometimes. Do. You're
0: right. They do. They do.
1: Um, and uh, for as little as three dollars a month, uh, you you get access to the bonus episodes. And nope, uh, nope. Don't 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 listen to me. You can just support us for three dollars a month. You get a sticker.
0: You do. You get a sticker for three. Get a
1: sticker for five dollars a month. You get a bonus episode. There it is. And a sticker. And then there are a couple of other levels in between. We don't have to talk about that those. That don't
0: matter until the sandwich. Then a hundred,
1: hundred dollars. You got a sandwich. Get a sandwich every month. Custom designed, custom delivered, revolving around something of that month in its nature, in its theme, in its in its in its utter essence at its core. What that month means to us in a sandwich form, deliver to a deli near you, and from that deli to your doorstep.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. Um that's like it.
1: and subscribe if you want more of Christina Marinelli Christina. doing weird openings that she wasn't ready for.
0: On our Patreon, I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a poll for our patrons who are listening. <laughs> and it's gonna be Do you think Christina should like full on lead more episodes? <laughs> yes or no. And once a month Christina's gonna like take the steering wheel and Adam's gonna be like mm, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Time to hold but for ghosts <laughs> Yeah, you have to we'll have to like really play like a like um what am I thinking of? Like a Freaky Friday. Yeah, a freaky Friday. Yeah, and like you have to do all the really loud things,
0: and 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 you have to wear the headphones, and I have to wear the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I'll, so- I'll I'll go back to I'll I'll go back to assuming my role. Sure, I don't Riz- know. I'm, I'm doing a great job. We're <laughs> so happy to be back. Um, we had a great episode, like Christina said last week, talking about the murder of Helen Jewett. And uh, you know, we're excited to be back here in this new year. A lot of cool stuff's happening on the old pod. And so, uh, yeah, as Christina kind of said, I was
1: gonna say, um, I feel like I feel like I covered this. Thank you very much.
0: If you want doing to, okay. uh, if you, you you head on over to our Patreon. That's the best way to support us. It's the best way to uh, hear extra stuff. New patron exclusives coming out in a couple of weeks.
1: Patreon.com slash NY Mystery Machine. There it
0: is. That's the Apparently one. Apparently I know it. Apparently Christina, I
1: knew the URL.
0: Do me a favor. Yeah. Tell me where we are
1: today. We are in the waters around Astoria and Randall's Island.
0: Astoria? I don't think we've heard the Astoria. I
1: know. I really went into this episode saying I want to do something in Queens. Queens doesn't get enough love on this podcast. It aside gets from, a lot of love. Aside on this from me shouting about how we are the most linguistically and ethnically diverse spot on the planet, it and doesn't yet, get.
0: Yeah, you you claim all these things, and yet you never bring stories from Queens. So it's that's- too
1: peaceful and nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing happens in Queens ever.
1: <laughs> Nothing that's murderous or foul or haunted, except except for today. Um, so we're doing a, a, something a little bit different. We're sort of, um, you know, usually we're investigating a particular crime or a particular haunting. Today, what we're going to do is we're going we're going to do a deep dive into a particular geographic area that is known for its um, some bizarre happenings and its its overwhelming tragedies. It's a place that was. Um, yeah, it's it's known as Hellgate or Hells Gate. I've always said Hells Gate, but apparently everyone else in the world is writing it as Hellgate.
0: But so so like what I did with with um, Sweet Hollow Road.
1: Yes, it's like what you did with Sweet Hollow Road exactly.
0: Back in season one. So if you want a, a similar episode, uh, you head on back to our backlogs. Season one.
1: So Adam, what do you know about Hell's Gate, if anything? I don't know anything. I've I've heard the
0: phrase. Yeah, I've heard Hellgate, Hells Gate, and I just I actually don't know a lot about it. I knew it's in Queens. Um, I thought it was like. Shipwrecks mm-hmm. like territory, there was like some sort of shipwreck oh, yeah. there. Um, that's about all I know, so which is, which is good for this because
1: we always get to learn, you know. New. Love that. <laughs> um, hell is from the Dutch phrase "hellegat" or "hellegat," um, or probably because they do a lot of those guttural g's, helllegat. Um, the term was used by Adrian Block, a Dutch explorer who circumnavigated Long Island. Um, the phrase originally may have been used to describe the whole of the East River but today refers to just a portion of it specifically a bit of strait that is between the coast of Astoria, Queens so for those who don't know that is the most northwestern portion of Long Island um, and uh, Randall's Island and Ward's Island so it's really that sort of um, little niche um, it's worth noting that according to it's worth noting
0: (laughs) first of the year first of the year
1: Um, according to Evan Pritchard who is a Micmac scholar of Algonquian peoples and languages the original name the Lenape name for the whole of the East River may have been something like either Pockatuck or Muskota which means something like um, an estuary with a waterfall or a marshy place Um, but it's it's the Dutch name that has been used ever since uh, the Dutch Landed. So, got like I said, Dutch word, uh, and it means something along the lines of bright or clear, and it can also mean what it sounds like, hell. So, it translates as something along the lines of either bright opening or hellhole, um, and it was also referred to as Hurlgate sometimes because of the whirlpools that are created in the area. Oh, um, so like you you said with shipwrecks, Hell's Gate is extremely hazardous. Um, It is the intersection of these various currents, right, from the Long Island Sound, the upper bay of New York Harbor, the Harlem River Strait, and some smaller rivers that empty into it. And as a result, um, it resulted in, you know, all of these shipwrecks um, for many, many years. Sure. Uh, In 1670, Daniel Denton, an English colonist, wrote, Brief description of New York in which he wrote the following about Hellgate. <clears throat> For about 10 miles from New York is a place called Hellgate, which being a narrow passage, which being a narrow passage, there runneth a violent stream both upon flood and ebb, and in the middle lieth some islands of rocks, which the current sets so violently upon that it threatens present shipwreck, and upon the flood is a large whirlpool, which continually sends forth hideous roaring, enough to affright any stranger from passing further, and to wait for some Sharon to conduct him through. Yet to those that are well acquainted, little or no danger. So the rocks in question, for the record, were just off the sort of bulging outcropping in Astoria known as Hallett's Point, Point. And they had some really wonderful names like gridiron rock and frying pan rock and pot rock and flood rock. Um, and these are also what contributed to the really treacherous nature of the strait. Um, so much so that uh, by the 1850s, steps were being taken to reduce their presence in the form of blowing them up. Hmm. So today, Hell's Gate's most visible feature is the Hell Gate Bridge a 1,017-foot steel arch that was built for four tracks of railroad. It was built between 1912 and 1916 and opened to train traffic on March 1917. Um, And at the time, it was the world's longest steel bridge and remained so until 1931. Its first repainting, this is just funny, uh, its first repainting uh, since its opening was in the 1990s and at the time they developed a a, a unique red color to paint it. It was a deep red that they called Hellgate Red but it was flawed and began fading immediately and as a result it has this really weird splotchy appearance today. Um, And some say that if humans disappear from the planet the Hellgate Bridge would be the the final bridge of New York to fall lasting at least 1,000 years without any human repairs Hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, little family lore. My grandfather used to climb it when he played hooky from school in the late '40s and early 1950s, and just dangle from it with his friends. Why? Because it was the late '40s and '50s, and that's what you do, I guess. I don't yeah, know. There it
0: that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to do? But um, to hang from this bridge. To hang
1: from this bridge. Um, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna start with the bridge. In many ways, we're gonna start with um, a, a an odd plot to destroy the bridge. So late last season, we talked about how a Nazi spy ring, known as the Duquesne Ring, was broken up in New York City with the help of a double agent named William Sebald. Um, you'll remember this from episode 39. Uh, in that episode, we focused on William Sebald um, and how we came to be recruited by Nazi Germany, and from there, how he became a double agent for the US. Uh, but one of the sabotage plots known as Operation Pastorius was planned by this Duquesne ring, and is centered on various hydraulic, um, or rather hydroelectric plants, as well as critical railroads, including Hell Gate. Per Smithsonian article, the New York plotters chose their targets for maximum suffering and symbolism. The Hellgate Bridge carried four vital rail arteries—two for passengers, two for freight—across the most densely populated and economically important passage of the Northeast. The bridge was also an icon of American engineering, so it was picked for these, you know, symbolic reasons as well as the practical purpose of disrupting our supply lines. Um, so the agents chosen for this mission as most of the agents were in the Duquesne ring, if you go back, have a listen, um, were uh, American, you know, had lived in the U.S. for years and a few of them were American citizens. At least two of the agents on this plan were. Um, They were recruited, they trained abroad, and then um, eight agents were sent via submarine from Lorient, France, to the United States. And in June 1942, the U-boats arrived on the South Fork of Long Island. A Coast Guard, named john cullen was on the beach when he saw something that truly took him by surprise four men in german uniforms unloading a raft and they were wearing military fatigues so this was strategic even though they were not military the idea was that if they were caught they wouldn't be executed as spies so much as treated as prisoners of war because they were in military garb um cullen was 21 and unarmed but he nonetheless rushed towards these german agents demanding that they stop what they were doing one of the agents, a man by the name of Dash, gave Cullen um, a whole lot of Dash like cash, like hard, mm. um, and told him to you know to spend it and forget it and pretend we were never here. Um, Cullen had the good sense to realize he was in fact unarmed. Returned to the Coast Guards to get help, and by the time they returned in the light of day, there was nothing left but the German officer's footprints. Now. In the meanwhile, the German officers had changed clothes, boarded the Long Island Railroad, checked into a hotel near Penn Station, Um, and things were going pretty well. And honestly, the freaky thing about this is that it makes you wonder if this could have been pulled off because the only reason it stopped was that that same guy, Dash or Dash, he had lived long enough in the United States that he didn't really want to leave it. And I guess he was having second thoughts. He did not want to have to go back to Germany. And so he called the FBI and was like, hey, I'm a ringleader of this thing. and We're going to blow up like some major bridges. Um, Classic. So uh, if I tell you this, can you let me stay? Um, was basically the, the, the plea he made. Um, and... You know, they were, he was able to tip off the feds. The feds, you know, rounded them up. Um, did not give him a, a pardon as he had hoped. Um, he was eventually deported to West Germany. Um, but that is the the, the the espionage plot around Hell's Gate. Oh, boy. Um, but our next little vignette is more in the vein of a treasure hunt. Still aquatic, right? So we've been dealing with the Hell's Gate Bridge. We dealt with the, the arrival via submarine. Our, our vignette now is about the HMS Hussar, or Hussar. Hussar? Oh, I don't know. Who can tell? Hussar. 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 Um, so you mentioned this earlier, Hell's Gate, known for shipwrecks. In the 1850s alone, over 1,000 vessels were sinking or da- being damaged annually. Um, and the H- HMS Hussar is one of these ships. But it brings us back to the early days of New York. The HMS Hussar was built in 1761- Um, and was a mermaid-class gunship, which means that it was um, a small warship with uh, 28, 28 guns on it. Though built in England, she was eventually deployed as part of the British fleet in North America and carried dispatches about the colonies during the American Revolution. Now, by 1780... Um, the British are having trouble holding on to New York City. And so they've moved their um, their spot for payroll and, and supplies further out into the island to Gardner's Bay, um, which is on the east end, which you'll remember from the episode about Goody Garlic.
0: There it is, Goody Garlic. Let's
1: good keep going to another episode today. <laughs>
0: it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> go back to another episode. <laughs> um,
1: now, according to some reports, the HMS Hussar was being sent to deliver provisions and troops pay on November 23rd, 1780. So the idea is that the Hussar had had been um, going to, to pick up the money from the spot and is now returning to, to pay uh, the, the soldiers. Charles Pole, the Hussar's captain, was taking the frigate down the East River to the Long Island Sound when it got caught up in the waters of Hell Gate between Astoria and Randalls Island. The ship was thrown against Pot Rock, one of those pesky little rocks, um, and sunk in 16 fathoms, aka 96 feet of water. Now, According to some reports, in addition to the about 80 American prisoners of war that were on the ship, there is the possibility that the money, a whole lot of money, on that ship was still on at the time of sinking. And that is what brings us into the realm of the New York mystery. The The British denied immediately that there was gold or silver or any other form of payment aboard the ship at the time of its sinking. But According to several reports, the British nonetheless conducted salvage missions, including one during the War of 1812. Which you have to figure that why, why is this ship so important if there's no money on it, right? Yeah. Why why are you going through all of this effort to continuously try to salvage from it? Um, there was also a report of a sailor who had been on the Hussar, um, admitting that the ship was far from empty at the time of its sinking. Um after the salvage mission, which retrieved some cannons and other machinery, but no gold, um, the area of the wreckage was blown up by a dynamite in 1876 by the U.S. Army Corps, part of that attempt to make it less horrible and less treacherous. Um, but the, the rumors continued to abound. So folks say that, you know, it's worthless to even speculate at this point because anything would have been blown to smithereens. Um, but that hasn't stopped people from trying. So in 1823... Um, there were efforts made to get at the ship, um, which (laughs) it was made by a, a salvage ship backed by a company known as Treasure Trove, which I think is very funny. Um, in 1936, Simon Lake, an inventor with an interest in submarine technology, conducted an investigation, um, and he was convinced that he had found it. In a New York Times article from September 26, 1936, um, Simon Lake calls a whole bunch of newspaper reporters to his apartment and is revealing how he's going to uh, bring up the Hussar from its its murky depths. Um, It doesn't pan out but another attempt was made in the 1980s and even as late as 2013 treasure hunters have mused that the Hussar um, may be rediscovered um, and particularly in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy when the top layers of landfill and shoreline extensions were pushed aside. Um, so to date there hasn't been any gold salvaged but it's it's one of those things that persists that people continuously look along the shorelines for um, sort of in the vein of Dutch Schultz's treasure or Captain Kidd's treasure right Um, and it is interesting that you know Again, there were at least three salvage attempts made by the British to get at this one ship, mm. which makes me think there was a whole lot of gold. If there was a whole lot of gold on it, in today's estimates, it would be worth between two million and four million dollars. Jeez, so a whole lot of gold. With that, we're gonna we're gonna take a break and then focus on some of the the less um, nautical, well, still nautical. We are talking about a body of water, but focus on some of the the more tragic elements of Hellgate
0: tragedy indeed all right well we'll be right back after uh, these messages when you'll hear ted <laughs> that's you know you know that's that's what you get you get ted we're right back if you ever look at our logo you may notice a cute black-and-white creature hanging out the window. That's Ted. When he's not hanging out inside the New York Missing Machine, Ted is enjoying treats from BarkBox.
1: BarkBox is the dog-obsessed company that's devoted to one goal, making dogs happy. It's a monthly subscription, totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your furry friends. BarkBox provides the best products, services, and content for pups and their people. Every box brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys and treats, your first box ships immediately.
0: Plus, BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. If your pup isn't happy with their BarkBox, they'll work to make it right.
1: So are you ready to spoil your pup with a BarkBox of their very own? If so, head over to www.barkbox.com slash NYMysteryMachine. If you use our exclusive link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox, valued at $35, when you sign up for multi-length plans.
0: (coughs) Okay, okay, Tedward. I'll say it again for them. Head to www.barkbox.com slash NY Mystery Machine and get your pup some treats today. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's
1: right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing.
0: By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more.
1: Head to www.patreon.com slash NYMysteryMachine to find out more and become a patron.
0: That's www.patreon.com slash NY Mystery Machine and join our ever-growing community today. And we are back. We're back. Talking about Hell's Gate. Talking about Hell's Gate. Or um. Hell's Gates. <laughs> or Hell Gate.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, or Hell Gates. I've always said Hell's Gate, but apparently it's Hellgate, and I just refuse to accept that. Um,
0: the gate of Hell. The, the gate
1: of the Hell. Um, so we talked about the Nazi plot to blow up Hellgate Bridge, which was foiled very unceremoniously by one of its own, but good for us. Classic. Um, we talked about the H.M.S. Husser, who... Uh, was you know, which was a ship that may have been schlepping a huge amount of gold and silver for the British payroll during the American Revolution. Um, our second half is going to focus on some of the tragedies that have happened in its waters, um, which have paved the way for some more paranormal stories. Ooh, they <laughs> were <well>, the paranormal. <laughs> um, so. It's interesting because you you do a search in newspaper archives for Hellgate and you get story after story that is just truly depressing. So I'm just going to share by way of example one such story. Um, So in the first quarter of the 20th century, areas around Astoria were much less built up than today um, and were an opportunity to provide, you know, for sunny outings and shoreline picnics and that kind of thing. In 1924... The Brooklyn Daily Eagle reported of two sisters enjoying a beach outing along Astoria Park. Lottie Dederth, age 14, and Helen Dieterth, age 10, both from 44 East 30th Street, Manhattan, were spending the day in Astoria. They had gone to the area with 12 other girls from their neighborhood, and at about 11 a.m., a few decided to take a quick swim. Helen went in first, and with, and within only a few yards of the beach, the tide grabbed her and pulled her out to the river. Lottie was a really good swimmer and immediately dove in to help her sister, but she too was carried off by the undercurrents and dragged towards the middle of Hellgate, quote, as though she were a scrap of paper, unquote. The article went on to say, the companions of the sisters on the shore said that they saw both girls disappear from the surface of the water about 100 yards out. The panic-stricken screams of the girls brought a number of persons after Helen and Lottie had gone down. But it was too late. Um, And there are numerous stories just like this, from the early 1900s through the 1950s, um, there are stories of ships catching flame and running aground. There are ships or rather there are stories of murdered people washing ashore and star-crossed lovers killing themselves in the waters. But the most notable or the most famous in some ways is the tragedy of the General Slocum. So June 15th, 1904 one
0: of the um, Oh, the Slocum happened there? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, June 15th,
1: 1904, um, the P.S. Slocum goes out into Hell's Gate. So, the P.S. Slocum was a paddle boat or sidewheel passenger ship built in 1891. Um, it can also be called a paddle steamer. Um, so, basically, what this means is that um, it, it's a type of steamship, right? It has a steam engine which turns its paddle wheels and that's how the boat moves through the water. So by the early 1800s, this was the predominant form of steamboat, but it ended up being taken over by the late 1800s with more efficient propulsion mechanisms like screw propellers. Um, but paddle wheel boats were, were still used for smaller crafts, and particularly those that were basically meant to convey tourists on a few hour experience of some kind. Um, what they look like, if you want to envision like a tiny version of the big steamships that go down the Mississippi River, it kind of looks like that.
0: And we can totally post a picture of yeah. sure. of the, the uh, P.S. General Slocum. We will, yeah, for sure.
1: The P.S. General Slocum was one of these ships um, and carrying on June 15th, 1904, a total of 1,358 passengers plus the crew of the vessel. So on this day, um, it was doing exactly what we mentioned, right? Bringing tourists out for for a day in the sun it was rented by saint mark's evangelical lutheran church a little parish on the lower east side of manhattan serving a primarily german-american community the church had rented the boat for 350 dollars to bring some of its community members mostly women and children out of the city for the day and to enjoy the seashore along long island sound the slocum left its dock at about 9 a.m and within half an hour a fire started Now, the ship was made of highly varnished wood, which made it extremely flammable, and the fire spread rapidly, made worse by the wind fanning the flames, as the captain of the ship tried desperately to turn the ship towards shore. Passengers ran over each other, trampling each other in an attempt to get off the boat. Folks leapt off the sides, completely aflame, and were caught in the paddle wheel of the boat. Some stories even report that a woman gave birth in the midst of this disaster, and she took her newborn over the sides with her to try to escape, and both perished. The life vests that were being distributed were rotten and therefore useless, and the hoses that they were trying to use to quench the fire were also rotten. At least one newspaper described the scene as, quote, a spectacle of horror beyond words to express, unquote. Over a thousand people died that day, um, and the count is even of late being re-evaluated to possibly include a, an even higher number, um, and the burned bodies washed up along the various shorelines of Hellgate. Whole families perished. And for those surviving members, the horrors of that day would haunt them for the rest of their lives. Civilians who saw the flames or heard of the tar flocked to the shoreline to help their rescue efforts. And there's actually a family story um, of my own. My great-great-grandfather was a recent Italian immigrant, heard about what was going on, and went down to the shoreline to try to help, and came back absolutely ashen-faced and like, unwilling to speak about what he'd seen. Until 9-11, the Slocum disaster was the deadliest event in New York City history. There are only a handful of reminders today scattered about the city. There's a fountain memorial in Tompkins Square Park, a plaque along the Astoria waterfront, um, and the bodies of those who were unable to be identified were buried in Lutheran, All Faith Cemetery, Middle Village, Queens. It took a huge toll on the German immigrant population of the Lower East Side. Um, Like I said, whole families were gone after this. Disaster And it really prompted the exodus uptown towards what is now known as Yorkville. The last survivor of the disaster and the youngest at the time of its occurrence died at 100 in 2004. So this is a tragedy. Right? This is a mammoth tragedy. Um, but I bring it up in order to start talking about some of the uh the the more haunted is our segue into the more haunted aspects of Hellgate.
0: yeah i mean like the slocum is like legendary it was a cautionary tale in terms of of boat safety Mm -hmm. i mean lifeboats alone yeah i mean um, life jackets alone and everything yeah um and so yeah i mean i i think it's a huge turning point for for new york it's a huge turning point for the country yeah um yeah
1: Yeah. um, And it it sort of gets overshadowed in its day by things like the 19, I think it's 1911 was the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. It gets overshadowed by 1912 Titanic sinking. Um, But it it is this enormous, this mammoth um, tragedy uh, in the middle of of New York City. Um, And many of the bodies you know, like I said, they washed up on the shores. Some of them washed up on um, North Brother Island, which is a little, little island at the. You know, it's sort of off the coast of the Bronx, um, but it's also sort of at the the upper limits of Hellgate.
0: Yeah, and opposite South Sister Island.
1: It it, it's, it is opposite brother Little Brother Island or some South Brother Island exactly. Stupid. Yeah, it should be South. It's Sister. wild. It should be South Sister. That'd be amazing. Let's we'll start a petition to rename this. <laughs> rename it South Sister. Um. But among the stories of North Brother Island, and today you can't really get to North Brother Island. It's it's pretty much locked up as like a nature preserve. It's an estuary and there's a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, wildlife conservation that goes on there. Um, but those who have gone there over the years have reported hearing things, seeing things, um, feeling weird, eerie presences along the shore, um, seeing things that look like bodies out um, along the beaches. But the Hellgate is also um is also home to a very bizarre haunting known as the Phantom Fire Ship, which you'll hear in a second isn't the most original name for this, but um I bet it's
0: a Phantom Fire ship. <laughs>
1: So according to various accounts, this was a merchant ship, possibly from the early colonial days of New York, possibly from even when it was still New Amsterdam. And at that period, you know, we've talked about Captain Kidd. In that period, pirates are coming up and down the waters and they're looking to, you know, make good off of various merchant ships. And so the story goes that pirates come upon this particular ship and when they had taken what they wanted, they murdered the crew some say that um, they, you know, cut their throats. Some say that they tied them up while you will, while they set fire to the ship. Um, and in any of these versions, they set the ship ablaze. According to legend, um, this ship still comes out in the most torrential of weather. Now, according to the New York Tribune in 1901, the ship can only be seen from shore, not from other ships. Um... And here is how the Tribune describes it. Actually, Adam, would you like to read how the Tribune describes it?
0: I do love the Tribune. So, yeah,
1: italicized bit. Uh, uh, um.
0: When the buccaneers infested the sound, they captured a ship. And because the cargo was not worth their trouble, they killed the crew. Having no use for a big white horse which was on board, they tied him to the foot of the foremast. Then they set fire to the ship sailed away. The ship caught fire quickly and was soon all in flames. But strange to say, the fire burned without smoke and without destroying anything. It burned life into the murdered crew and enabled them to move about the decks. The horse alone was frightened and sparks flew as he pawed at the foremost at the foremast. When the fire cessed storms blow, the pyrotechnic craft blows here and there with the wind leaving behind a trail of sparks. Even the waves dash back from the red-hot sides with a hiss of pain and for the moment are turned to flame. The fiery sailors run about the decks and even climb into the rigging, which is the color of molten iron. At least the fire phantom did all this when the old residenters were boys, according to their own story.
1: Thank you, Adam. Um, That was the accounting in 1901, but there's actually reports in newspapers, even going as far back as 1885, of this story. Um, In 1885, the new Rochelle Pioneer recorded an elderly elderly woman whose own grandmother was certain of the existence of the phantom fire ship and and its haunting of the waters around Gate and Gardner's Island. Um, And Apparently, you know, you got to think it's sort of the most striking imagery that in the most torrential of storms, it only comes out in the most torrential storms, and it comes out completely ablaze, um, despite the storm. So mm. it's it's quite a sight. There are some other more earthly, well, maybe not earthly, less watery. Um, there is also an urban legend um, about the Hellgate Bridge as it relates to ghosts. So there is a story that. If you climb the Hellgate Bridge, which you should not do, it's illegal, it's also dangerous.
0: Christina's grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, John?
1: Fuck. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing up there, John? Um, <laughs> so if you climb it, uh, you'll see a, a train, the headlights of the train sort of coming towards you, but never quite arriving. Um, other stories have it that the train will stop at about the midpoint of the tracks and then the doors will open and passengers from various periods, from the colonial period, from the slocum, from all of these people who have drowned and died in these waters will come pouring out and then the train will disappear.
0: That's worth seeing.
1: That'd be worth seeing. It's I like worth see a
0: visit. I'd like <laughs> to see that. It'd be weird, but I'm like, that's really cool. What about those people who are wearing different clothes? Yeah. <laughs> um...
1: And so that is that is a little deep dive into Hellgate. How exciting, Hellgate! Hellgate. Um, it's 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 there's a number of other bizarre stories out there. These are the the biggest ones. Was fascinated by the Phantom Fireship personally. Um, or yeah, Phantom Fireship.
0: Um, and you too can visit Hellgate.
1: You can. It's right there, right there on the near Astoria Park. Just don't climb it. Don't climb it. Um, and if you know other stories about Hellgate, if you've been there, if you've heard things, if you've caught EVPs,
0: send them our way. Send them our way. We'll be happy to uh, talk about them, put them on the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, well that's all we got today. That's all we got. That's what we got. Uh, Thanks if... for
1: joining us, as always. I'm just doing what we did at the topic. Oh. It's
0: really. We got you post-show plugs.
1: Oh, go for it. I, I don't got this. As always, <laughs> please
0: follow and like and subscribe to us on uh, on the iTunes slash Apple Podcast. Um, follow us on Spotify as well Um, on our social media heading over to Instagram you can get us at uh, at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram and Facebook at NY Mysteries on the Twitter uh, drop us an email at nymysterymachine at gmail.com with your theories, what your wants, what your hopes, your dreams, your desires, anything you want. We love reading them, and uh, be sure to drop us a five star review on all those platforms. Uh, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, and uh, if you do that, you become our listener of the month. We haven't done that in a few months because we haven't gotten new reviews. So review us, <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll we'll dust we'll,
1: out that ticker tape machine, and uh... we'll dust
0: out the ticker tape machine, and we'll talk about your uh, review on air, and we'll, we'll 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 talk about it in deep detail. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're about Back next week with another all new exciting episode right out of New York. So uh I've been Anna Mace. And thanks for taking a ride on the New York mystery machine. Tammy Hall, but for ghosts. But for the ghosts.